Hello there, and welcome to the sixth episode of Tatooine Table Flip, the podcast. I'm Jimmy, and this week I'll be talking about board game news, games I've played recently, and anything else that strikes my fancy. There's a lot of news this week, so I think we should just dive right in. Fallout, the board game from Fantasy Flight Games, is due right at the end of the month, so just a few days after this episode premieres, and it's specifically based on Fallout 3 and Fallout 4. You work your way across a map constructed from laying hex tiles, and each is revealed as you explore it, with the difficulty ramping up as you get closer to the goal at the opposite side of the map. Kind of a darling at PAX Unplugged, initial reports are that the game is a terrific port of the video game and is loads of fun to play. It's also very soloable, and I think that's what I'm most attracted to about the game. I'm not a player of the video game it's based on, so I'm coming at it with sort of fresh eyes. From what I've seen so far of this thing, though, it's sure to be a hit with me and my group, as we all love minis on a map, mission and objective-based games, and that sort of thing. I'm waiting on my review copy so that I can get a proper review episode up over on my YouTube channel, so keep an eye out for that. Twilight Imperium 4th Edition has released, and it is going gangbusters. There's a fairly lengthy list of changes between this edition and the last, with the changes being extremely well done, but... I'm not going to list them here because there's quite a few. Uh, there's actually some videos out. If you guys are interested, you can check out some videos online. There's a few of them that go through in detail what the changes are. But from what I understand, they really tighten and clean up the gameplay. I'm a third edition player, so I'm really chomping at the bit to get into a fourth ed game. Millborn has made the leap into the digital age with a new app available for your smart device. Turns out to be a decent port, but a lack of online multiplayer is stirring up a bit of ire across the interwebs. Also, it seems that the AI is rather easy to beat. Hopefully we'll see an update addressing these issues, but for now, it's, uh, it's good enough. In other app news, the Mysterium app has received an expansion titled Secrets and Lies. This brings in new items, new characters, new locations, and a story mode. So if you play the Mysterium app at all, you'll be very happy with the amount of content in this expansion. Both Flash Gordon and John Carter of Mars are getting the RPG treatment. Based on the old movie serials and comic strips, sadly not the 80s movie starring Sam Jones, Flash Gordon will be based on the Savage Worlds system and requires you to have the base system to be able to play. John Carter, due out December from Modifius, uses the 2D20 Lite system pared down from the 2D20 system used to such fantastic effect in the Mutant Chronicles and Conan games. Play as any one of myriad characters, including a Thark, in your own adventures, or as John Carter himself in adventures based on the books. Also made available will be a line of minis to use in the game. Also announced from Modiphius is a board game based on the John Carter series called simply Warlord of Mars. There's not much more info available right now, but as soon as I hear more, I'm going to let you guys know. And uh, let's see. It seems that Tom Vassal of the Dice Tower is in a bit of hot water again, as at this point he's claiming the Dice Tower crew have been quote-unquote uninvited to Gamma, while Gamma is claiming that no invitations were sent out, and so they couldn't be uninvited. Gamma were very famously incensed with Tom's comments in one of his board game breakfast segments where he took a shot at the local game stores and preached buying online instead. He later recorded what some called an apology, but actually it played out more like an explanation and expansion on his original ideas. We talked about this on the show uh, 
two episodes ago, I believe. Uh, at this point, it's unclear as to what is actually happening, but it appears the Dice Tower is trying to sort it out with Gamma directly. Alright, well, that's it for the news, so now it's time to talk about games I've played this week. I have played so many games over the last week. I met with a bunch of folks I know from Twitter, both local and visiting, and had a great time playing some prototypes of games being developed by some of these folks, as well as a bunch of regular games. A few nights ago, we all had a meet-up at our local shop and played Fire in the Library, designed by Tony Miller and soon to be published by Weird Giraffe Games. It's a simple design. I was taught the complete game in literally just a couple of minutes, but it carries a surprising amount of depth as you run into a burning library in an attempt to save as many books as possible. It's a push-your-luck game with a bit of bag building thrown in. There's a very nice amount of gotcha to the proceedings that, in a neat twist, hit the whole group instead of a single player. We played a four-player game, and that was really good, but then we played a six-player game, and we were all on the edge of our seats as each other player took their turn. It was really tense and very exciting, and as soon as the game is on Kickstarter or otherwise published, I'll be sure to let you guys know, because I am definitely grabbing a copy of this game. After that, we played another nearly complete game called Ratfink, designed by Dawson Cowles, in which the basic trick-taking concept gets a bit of a stick jabbed at it. Completely card-driven, it throws game-changing effects across the board as you attempt to be the rat with the most cheese at the end. The next evening, I got to play a few games with a different group. The first one we played was Five Minute Dungeon, a fantastic filler I highly recommend you check out. It was a ridiculous amount of fun, and it made for a really solid opener to that night's gaming. After that, we played a prototype for a game called Growl, and in that game we had seven players. This is a card-driven werewolf social deduction game, a genre game I usually avoid like the plague. It felt thin and not too well-developed, but it's clear that it's still a work in progress, as these were just a uh, home-printed prototype. But I'll be very interested to see what the end result eventually is, because I did actually have fun playing it. After that one was Dicey Goblins, a game designed by the owner of a local game store. Also a push-your-luck dice game, your goblins raiding a dragon's horde for its eggs. I enjoyed that one quite a bit as well. This week I also taught a friend how to play Arkham Horror the card game using just the base set. I won't go into the game here, but if you're interested in it, and you should be, as it's simply one of the best co-op story-driven adventure games out there, you can visit my YouTube channel for Tatooine Table Flip and go back and watch episode number one, where I cover the game. I find I can replay the base scenarios over and over again and never have the exact same experience twice. This was my fourth time through the base campaign, and I can't get enough. Then, the same friend introduced me to a small game called Flash Duel. It's a cute little card-driven fight game that's fast, furious, and maddeningly frustrating at times. It's very nearly just war, with a little push and nudge in interesting directions. There's about a bajillion ways to play in the box, according to the rulebook, but ultimately, it just boils down to you and your friend moving and hit each other. It would make a terrific pub game, and it even comes with a smaller deck box where you can just carry around a portable version of the game. And finally, another game I played this week is one that I've been looking to get my hands on for a while, but it never really became 
a priority until here just a few days ago, and that is mechs versus minions. And I'll tell you what, you guys, I am ridiculously impressed with this game. It's 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 stupid, stupid amounts of fun. It's unbelievably fun, and I can't get enough of it. I've been playing it almost nonstop in all of my free time over the end of the holiday and on into the beginning of the week here. And matter of fact, I've got a game set up. I'm going to go play it some more as soon as I finish recording this podcast. It impressed me so much because of the price point and the fact that it has a ridiculous amount of components in the box. It's a it's a big box. It's sort of like the old FFG coffin boxes, as they used to be called, the really big ones like Shadows of Brimstone or Fortune and Glory, that sort of size. And it is super heavy and massive amount of stuff inside. And above and beyond everything else, the insert is so, it's it's in parts and it's so unbelievably well designed that I think I'm pretty much ruined for how I view inserts in game boxes because that it this should this is the gold standard this should be what the industry looks to when they're trying to design inserts for their games now it's time for a segment i like to call the top 10 whatever games of all time until next week this week is the top 10 thematic games of all time until next week at number 10, I have Dastardly Dirigibles. It's a card-driven game in which you and your friends are trying to build massive airships. All of the cards have a suit on them used at the end of the round for scoring. Yeah, it's a points race with the highest score at the end of three rounds winning. There's not much more depth than, say, Rummy or any other comparable card game, but the special cards offer a few decent choices and some pretty funny take-that moments. I like playing it when I want an easy setup and a quick game. At number nine, I have This Belongs in a Museum. I am an Indiana Jones fan, and this game riffs on the whole IP pretty perfectly. You and your friends are archaeologists chasing after priceless artifacts and racing to get them back to your base camp. It's a small tile placement game in which you have to have a complete path from your dig sites back to your camp to be able to recover the artifacts. There's a small measure of take that as you also have a mummy you can harass your friends with. It's light fun, but mainly a filler. At number eight, I have Space Hulk Death Angel, the card game. One of my all-time favorite games. Guys, it's so, so good. It's also a card game and is based on the 40k universe. The cards are laid out to simulate the hull of a great Space Hulk overrun by monsters called Gene Stealers. And you and your friends, or solo if you like, it's fantastic solo, are teams of space marines sent in to clear them off. Mostly you die, but occasionally you went out. Mostly you die, though. Mostly. At number seven, I have Star Wars Imperial Assault. Minis on a map, mission-based Star Wars game. Who doesn't want to run Star Wars characters through missions that interconnect, forming a large overarching campaign? There is some luck involved as you roll dice for combat and certain checks, but I look at it as the way of the force, just adding another layer of theme. And the game is dead solid besides, and gives a great feel of bouncing through the Star Wars universe. And number six, I have an old favorite, 
Elder's Sign. This is absolutely one of my favorite games that sees more play than any other game I own, I think. It's a fairly abstract dice placement game in which you, solo or with friends, roam the halls of a museum in search of clues and elder signs, hoping to seal the coming of one of the great old ones. Torn sometimes directly from the H.P. Lovecraft stories, it does a fantastic job of ramping up the tension and dread as the coming of the monster grows ever nearer. It's also one of the few board games to make a very successful leap to digital, as the app is, while slightly different from the physical game, absolutely outstanding. It can sometimes be pretty brutal, but it's one that I do not mind losing repeatedly. At number five, I have The Adventurers, The Pyramid of Horus. And uh, ah, this one pains me. It's unfortunately out of print, and by the time I'd heard of it, it was already long gone. You could only really get a hold of it at premium prices, but I'm extremely lucky that I ran across someone on Craigslist that had a copy for a really good price. Now, I'm pained because be there won't be other uh, games in the series, the other being the Temple of Chak. This one sees you and your friends as adventurers exploring the pyramid in hopes of grabbing loads of treasure. But the pyramid is collapsing around you, so you might get stranded inside. Add to this a bunch of ancient mummies wandering around, along with other dangerous critters, and the game simply drips with theme. It's minis on a map with nice chunky pyramid pieces that block off the parts of the board as the ceiling falls in. I love playing this one a lot. At number four, I have Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition. Hey, have you ever wanted to run an intergalactic empire? Well, now you can. As one of the races in TI, you make deals and break them. Stick to your friends or attack them and take their stuff. It's years long to play, so make sure you have both sufficient space and somewhere you can leave the game set up if you need to take a break. For me, this is a once or twice a year thing, but it rates this high on the list because it is its theme. At number three, I have Star Wars Rebellion. On my list two weeks in a row, this game is, as I'd mentioned last week, Star Wars in a Box. A two-player deduction game with one side the Empire and the other side the Rebellion, this game both matches the story of the original recipe trilogy and lets you create new ones. If you want to hear my thoughts, you can grab episode five of the pod. Really, just a fantastic game. At number two, I have Arkham Horror the Card Game. And, oh, another of my favorite games. It's a co-op card adventure game based in the Cthulhu mythos, and you and your friends play through one of the best storytelling systems I've run across outside of RPGs. There's a bajillion expansions for this thing now, so the replayability is off the scale, but I find that the base game's campaign is so good, I keep replaying that one, just as I'd mentioned earlier. And number one is a tiny little game called Hit Z-Road. Hit Z-Z Road. Thematically, this game is nuts, landing it in the top spot. The conceit is that a young boy and his family, survivors of a zombie apocalypse, are taking a road trip to greener pastures in the hopes of living a better life. To help occupy themselves along the way, he creates a board game based on the road trip using items he's found lying around old playing cards, soda bottle caps, and the like. The game he creates is based on the trip itself, already driving the meta of this game way up the scale. 
What really runs it over the top is that you, as the player, are playing the game he's created. The components appear as the caps and playing cards from various mismatched decks. The gameplay itself is actually pretty light, unfortunately coming off as an easy-to-play-and-teach filler. But the theme has me kind of giggling at it all each time I play it. And Space Cowboys, the cheeky bastards, even snuck their logo onto one of the game components. Hey guys, this podcast is a companion piece to my YouTube board game show, Tatooine Table Flip, where I give reviews and unboxings of some really great games. The episodes are all ad-free, and if you like the show, please subscribe. I also invite you to become a producer of both this podcast and the review show by visiting my Patreon page located at patreon.com slash Tatooine Table Flip. Help us keep the lights on by supporting the shows with every bit of support feeding back into the programs, enabling me to bring you more and more content. Please head over to iTunes and leave a review and or rating. It'll help folks find the show easier and I'd really appreciate it. Thanks. You can find Tatooine Table Flip, the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. You can find me online at BoardGamerBlues.com or on Twitter and Facebook at BoardGamerBlues. Or email me directly at J-I-M-M-I-E at BoardGamerBlues.com. Send me messages, tell me what you'd like to hear on the shows, any changes we should make either to the review show or the podcast. Just, uh... Even just to say hi, we like hearing from you. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Folks, thanks so much for listening, everybody, and I'll see you next week. Bye.